0: Raise the Jolly Roger with a slick double play. And oh, what a stop, Hayes! There's one! Oh, zip zap kazoo! The Buckles just turned two! Ground ball, left side, picked. Oh, Castillo, a pretty play on the first, and a double play! In between hop and now throwing toward third base, a pick by Hayes! Oh, my goodness, what a play! Key, Brian Hayes, and Michael Chavis turn it into a double play. All
1: right, with the first pick of the 2023 MLB Draft, the Pittsburgh Pirates pick Paul Skeens, right-handed pitcher from LSU. Washington, you have the next pick. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to the 412 Double Play Podcast. I am, as always, your host, Michael Castrogano. Joining me, as usual, my co-host, Ed Wassel, heading into the All-Star break, fresh off of the draft. As we're recording this right now, it's a little after 10 p.m. on Sunday evening, uh, so we're not able to stay up for the entire draft, but we're certainly paying attention to it while we're recording. But, Ed, before we get into the draft and recapping for this past week, um, how are you doing? How are you feeling about where the Pirates are at and um, what's been going on this season?
0: Uh, doing good. A uh, little upset with the season thus far. I feel like Pirates squandered a lot of opportunities so far, but definitely can all turn around after the All-Star break. that's yet to be seen.
1: It could. You got to think about how many prospects that we have who could still be making that jump. And I think a big thing that's been hitting us is all of the injury issues. But I'll talk about that a little bit with our roster roundup. Uh, July 4th, Jose Hernandez, who has been on the injured list, was sent on a rehab assignment to Indy. Expect he'll come back after the All-Star break. On the 5th, Luis Ortiz was optioned to Indy. Johan Ramirez recalled to Pittsburgh. On the 6th, Key Brian Hayes reactiv- reactivated from the injured list. Rowanzi Contreras optioned to Indy. And then on the seventh, Hayes right back on the injured list as the team recalled right-handed pitcher Cody Bolton. Kutch also hit the injured list with right elbow inflammation as the team reactivated G-Man Choi from the 60-day IL, dfa Rob Zastrisny, who had been um, rehabbing, but I think he had some setbacks to his rehab process. And uh, he's been DFA'd to make space on the 40-man. So, Ed, you texted me the other day about Hayes, Kutch, Reynolds had previously been on the injured list, and how a lot of our top contract players are spending time, you know in, in the Med Bay, essentially. What kind of an impact does this have to the team, both short term and long term?
0: Uh, I mean, short term we're start we got to see a couple of prospects being called up with uh, Triolo and uh, Nikki G. Sure. Which, you know, it's really nice to see some of these young kids come up and get, even if it's a short stint. But, you know, they're showing that they essentially belong in the majors, which that's good. That's good for the long term. Um, not really concerned with Reynolds. It, it, like, his seemed fairly minor. Hayes getting reactivated and going right back on. That's a little concerning for me.
1: I know he had It's concerning issues. that the Met staff wasn't more careful with that.
0: Right. And he had some back issues last year that kind of put him out as well. So I don't know if yeah. this is going to be a reoccurring issue. And considering at the time he was signed to the richest contract in team history. It, you don't want stuff like this happening because it's going to make the owner second guess giving people money.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is a possibility. And he's cheap to begin with, so you you don't want <laughs>
0: someone who he's paying to not play.
1: It's definitely unfortunate, and it's something that injuries are going to happen. You just don't want to see recurring stuff like Reynolds. Right. That was only the second time he was on the injured list.
0: Yeah, at some point, almost everybody is going to hit the IL. It's just. It's part of the game. I mean, they play so many games and, you know, you squeeze in practices and stuff like that throughout just a short time. I mean, it's really tough on the body.
1: Yeah. But going back to talking about some of those prospects that we've been able to see come up, Davis has been in a little bit of a slump lately. But uh, Nikki G over the past 14 games, he's got a 914 OPS. And uh, Jared Triolo, he's in his 11 games since he came up, he's batting 300 with uh, 364 on base percentage. So, the, I mean, these guys are producing. Triolo's had a little bit of some slips defensively. I'm not sure why that has been the case. But I think overall he's going to be a productive player and is certainly going to be helping out offensively.
0: Yeah, I agree. And it's nice to have you know a second baseman that can hit fairly consistently and field adequately with
1: Gonzalez. So, Gonzalez he's been making some good plays. Uh, I I think that there were some questions about his defensive capabilities, but even at shortstop, which is where he was drafted, he has been you know, I I'm not saying that's where he should be long term, but he's he's above average there. And considering our other options being, you know, Castro or Marcano, who have both been struggling at the plate and in the field, I'm okay with Gonzalez seeing some time there, especially if, you know, someone like Endy comes up and plays second base or Paguero comes up after the break and is, is in there. Yeah, I agree. So let's look at this past week. We're heading out west, dropped three of four in L.A. against the Dodgers, and then dropped two of three against the Diamondbacks in Arizona. So not great, but it, the team was really in each of those games. The worst loss was 7-3 to three on Friday against Arizona. Mitch Keller in his start against the Dodgers, kind of a rough outing. I think it was five innings, five runs. And then he had a really strong start on Saturday where he took a no-hitter into the seventh inning. And then a bullpen game today, surprisingly solid start, Uh, really start to finish. And they're two tough teams. I mean, number one and number two in the NL West, which is a stacked division. So the fact that they only won, you know, two of seven isn't great, but they kept the games competitive. What are your thoughts coming out of those series and and this, this week out West?
0: Uh, like you had mentioned, they were in pretty much all of those games. Uh, bullpen blew a few of them, which is frustrating because it's been a fairly common occurrence recently. But yeah. also, offense essentially blew some of those games as well. I mean, it was twice in the same game against the Dodgers. We had bases loaded, no outs. Yes. And couldn't produce a run. That yeah. is so frustrating
1: yeah it's it's one of those situational hitting things that we've routinely over the past couple years been failing at
0: where you can get a hit I mean you can still get a productive out
1: (laughs) sack fly just get putting the ball in play the fact that they're not able to get any of that going is um, really hurting the team so I'm hoping over this break Considering, you know, they don't have... Shelton's going to be out in Seattle. Bednar and Keller will be out in Seattle. Whether they pitch, is, we'll see. Uh, Bednar just pitched two innings on Saturday, and then he pitched the inning today. So I'm thinking he probably won't. Keller just pitched on Saturday, had a long outing. Unlikely he gets into the game. But um, I'm hoping the rest of the team spends the time... You know, getting healthy for guys like Hutch and Key. Um, and, and just relearning how to hit, and get some offense going. Yeah. Uh, so Winsky's actually been coach. on his good streak lately. Past two weeks, he's got a 310 batting average with a 1.122 OPS because he had four home runs in that time. I peaks wish that valleys. he could be more
0: consistent with it, but. Peaks and valleys. He just happens to be on one of his peaks. Which
1: <laughs> Every time. Yep. So. Um, just checking to see where it's at with the draft. But like I said, we are recording this Sunday night as the draft is still ongoing. But we do have the Pirates 1-1 pick as they selected possibly a generational starting pitcher. With Paul Skeens out of uh, Louisiana State University, Ed, your initial and you, you've had a little bit of time, two hours now to to really uh, digest this. But what what were your thoughts at the time and your thoughts now on the Skeens pick?
0: I, I'm definitely not upset with the pick. I know we've been talking about it for a few weeks now. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you mentioned, potentially once in a generational talent. Not a lot of wear and tear on his arm because he was pitching out of the pen at Air Force before he went full-time starter with LSU. It's just taking a pitcher 1-1 is, for one, it's riskier. Sure. And just my personal opinion, I felt like we really needed some more offensive help. It just...
1: Well, we've taken our with our first round pick uh, bat each of the previous three years. So Gonzalez and then Davis and then last year with Johnson.
0: Yeah. And two of them have come to the majors and. Showed some pretty good hitting abilities. Yeah. But uh, it's just. To me, I just keep thinking of how many games have we lost? You know. One nothing. Two to one. 3-1, 3-2, Three one three two, where it's like, it doesn't matter. I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but, you know, you have a Keller performance where he goes seven, seven innings of almost no hit ball. And then we end up losing, what, one nothing or two to one or something in that game.
1: Well, Skeens was previously a two-way player. He wasn't drafted as one. But no, he played catcher in first base, I believe. <laughs> yeah, but he he could they, swing a bat. So yeah, they did they did
0: ask him if he's in a if he's in a bat. He said he wasn't sure yet.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. That's probably not going to happen. Because um, they well. they were
0: discussing with him. They showed uh, stats from when he stopped batting, where his velocity yeah. jumped up, and like everything, his spin rate, velocity, just
1: way off the charts. So yeah, it seems it seems very unlikely that they would go like trying the Bubba Chandler approach with him. He's he's one one pick. Um, let's look at the rundown on him. Average 98 miles per hour, hit 102 at LSU this year, flat approach angle, carry on the heater. And it's not even his best pitch because he has a slider that sits mid to high eighties with sharp break and a power changeup that's 88 to 93 with fade. So he's got three above-average pitches that he's going to be dealing. Charrington said after the pick that it's possible he ends up getting uh, some time in this season, whether that's at Instructional League or uh, FCL. I can't imagine he's going to move right to Bradenton, but I suppose that is possible, especially with all of the top guys like uh thomas harrington and jp massey having moved to uh greensboro i'm sure there's space there will be interesting to see like him uh shim chun Siok shim and uh some of those other new newly added players moving on into the the system and moving up the ranks
0: can can we go back to the fact that you said his changeup
1: sits at like ninety-two, ninety-three? Like that's yeah. just, well, you gotta think his, his fastballs at hundred to hundred and two. So yeah, yeah, but that no. that's
0: like ninety-two, ninety-three are some major league fastballs. So yes. <laughs> he's
1: he's crazy impressive. The thing is, I was going into this draft where I was like, Okay, if they take Dylan Cruz, that'd be great. And that I, I think that was our preferred choice. If they take Wyatt Langford, we'd understand and I'd be okay with that. I I didn't think that they were gonna take Skeens, but also I was like, he's he's potentially just so good. He just he might be almost so too freaking good. good. To pass up. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think
0: I told Nicole leading up to the draft when it was like, Oh, pirates are on the clock. I was like, if they don't take one of those three players, my shoe is going through the TV.
1: <laughs> well, the talk about Potentially being Max Clark to save money, I don't I, I it really felt like that was a lot of smoke, no fire. And Clark ended up falling to I think the Tigers at four because Nats took ski um uh, took excuse me, Cruz at two. and then who was three, like the A's or something? whoever was was three took Langford. Maybe it was the Rangers. Oh,
0: no, I think Clark went three, and Langford went four. Did he, okay. I don't have pretty, I'm pretty sure. Actually, I could scroll quick because I do have that up. Where are we at? Yeah, Langford went four to the Rangers. Oh, okay. Clark
1: went three to the Tigers. Tigers, yeah. Yeah, so um, I-, I think that Skeen's. One of the things, and I kind of agree with you, is that I feel like pitching is a big strength for this organization. And they haven't all risen to that top level, so you can't say, oh, okay, these guys have all been challenged. But you look at guys like Thomas Harrington, Jared Jones, Anthony Salamito, Quinn Priester. I mean, there's some really talented... Top line starting pitching options that we're going to have in the upcoming seasons. Who yeah, could but be?
0: You need to have the depth for you know injury purposes. One or two of those players might get traded. Sure. You you never really know.
1: But so Skeen's joining this team, joining this organization. Where do you see him? I mean, we'll we'll do our uh, I guess mid-season... Re-rankings for our top thirty at some point. Where do you see him slotting in? Is he our top-ranked prospect right off the bat? He's got to be one or two. I don't, I, <laughs> I don't see it
0: any other way. Yeah. I mean, I, I was saying if we took Cruz, he was probably going to be automatic number one. Yeah. So, I, I don't see. Skeen's not doing the same thing, but.
1: Yeah, I think Fangraphs had Cruz ranked not overall. Like immediately would just jump right, or eighth overall, jump right into that top 10. They have Skeen's at 39, which I think technically would put him behind Tamar Johnson, but I'd have to check to see where they have him ranked currently. Um And then ND because he's had some struggles this year, I don't know where he's at in that ranking I I agree I think he's he's potentially your number one guy and probably he probably should be if you're if he's your one one I think he moves right into that top spot yeah just because they
0: had he been available last year obviously they weren't going to take
1: Johnson over him and with Johnson he's had some struggles but i think he's proving to be a talented first round pick but comparing him to skeens it's it's apples to oranges because they have completely different skill sets completely different things that they're looking to do when they get out there um looking at the one one from last year jackson holiday today it was just announced by the orioles that they moved him up to double a so it's possible that some of these young prospects similar to johnson can get fast tracked and some of these more seasoned prospects like Skeens could get fast tracked even quicker.
0: Yeah, I feel like Skeens probably starts next year off in double A.
1: Possibly
0: high A for like three starts, but I feel like yeah, he I'm will thinking, be fast tracked.
1: I'm thinking he'll do like FCL or something this year. And it's possibly goes to Bradenton. I, I don't know. But I don't think that it's going to be a situation where he's um, going to be in the minors for too long. I'm hoping, and I talked to some of the other guys about this recently, that they managed to pull some sort of um, contract like Strasburg signed back in 2009, where they're like, okay, we're ready to move you up pretty quickly. But, um and and he ends up in the bigs next year, because I think he's he's got the repertoire to be successful in the major leagues, even as a starting pitcher. Like he's he's got three plus plus pitches.
0: Yeah, it's they definitely want possible that he makes like a late season appearance or two next year. I I wouldn't completely throw that out the window. Yeah,
1: I'm hoping it's like a late August, early September kind of call up, so that he still has that eligibility and then is able to just come out in 2025 and dominate right from the start. Yes. (laughs) They won't. (laughs) I mean, you never know, but yeah. And now the pirates have taken 42nd overall pick Mitch Jeb shortstop out of Michigan state. Obviously you're listening to this after the draft anyway, but, um, an interesting pick. Kind of a little bit of a reach, ranked 46 for MLB Pipeline. Um, I think ranked even lower on fan graphs. Ed, what are your thoughts on going college pitcher and then college bat in these back-to-back picks?
0: I find going college bat, as I had you know mentioned earlier, that I felt like the offense was the more pressing issue. Uh, looking at Jeb's grades, he has a 60-hit grade, powers at 40, which not everyone's going to be a power hitter. 65 run, 50 arm, 50 field with overall 50 grade. So definitely not upset about it. I mean, athletic shortstop, which means he can move around the field.
1: So. Yeah, it does seem like this is more of a safety pick sort of thing in my mind. I don't. I don't think it. It's kind of like a blow me away pick, but it's somebody that they feel will be able to be competent and can move up. Uh, big thing with him, he had a perfor- big performance in the Cape Cod League. We know that Charrington values that. Uh, finished second in hitting with a 3.56. Batting average, 429 on-base percentage, and a 919 OPS. 40 runs, 53 hits, 22 RBIs, and 26 steals in that time. So he does have good contact skill. His run tool is his best weapon, a 65 grade. And considering it's an early second-round pick, getting a college shortstop who should be able to move up and be proficient and I think should stick at the position. Nothing I'm I'm reading about him, which he wasn't someone I thought that was going to be there. Uh, be their pick, but uh, I think he should be able to stick in middle infield. I don't know what. Any other thoughts on uh, Jeb as the forty-second pick there?
0: No, like you said, it's it's not a blow you away pick. More on the safe side. Uh, I don't know if I agree that he sticks at shortstop. I mean, we've seems like half the shortstops we draft don't play shortstops.
1: So I would have liked one of the picks there to end up being one of the prospect the high upside guys, but is what it is. I don't think that it's going to be a bad pick. No, hoping- I mean,
0: maybe they, maybe they save money with them and can snag
1: someone next round. That's the hope, I think, here. So but we're definitely not gonna stay up late enough for that. <laughs> no. No, it's it's already twenty to eleven. So uh team is off until this upcoming weekend. Obviously we don't have the starters, but it'll be a s three game set at home against the San Francisco Giants. Most likely it's going to be Mitch Keller starting game one. After that, it's hard to say. Because Rich Hill, I think, has been blowing up a lot lately. I don't think you want to pencil him in as your second guy. Oviedo has had some strong outings. Man, this rotation is kind of a mess. Maybe there's
0: a chance we see a call-up
1: to uh, start there, the second half of the season here. So There is always a chance. I would like to see Quinn Priester coming up. Um, Ortiz, Contreras d- definitely needs some work. Bido has been good. He actually got the win today uh, in relief. His first MLB win.
0: Yeah, kind of silly that they went like full bullpen game and only had him pitch like 1.1 1. 1 innings. When he stretched out to be a starter, have him two or three. Yeah, the, You know, the result was what we wanted, so I can't really yeah. question the call. And especially knowing all of these pitchers are about to get, you know, about a week's worth of rest. So basically, yeah.
1: So I guess that wraps it up for all of us here at the 412 Double Play Podcast. We'll be talking about all the draft recap next week um, with all of the rounds, all of our thoughts on them. You can follow me on Twitter at double play. I'll be talking at length about pretty much all of these picks. I'm sure I'll be staying up and just fastidiously uh, refreshing my Twitter feed and listening to these, these picks to see who we end up taking with uh, our next selection. So I'm very excited about Paul Skeens. I think that was an excellent pick. I'll have to do some more research into um, this new guy, Mitch Jeb. And looking forward to see what the rest of the draft brings us. Ed, obviously, we're recording this before our comp B pick, but the listeners will already know. Any predictions, even like a position, age group, on who they end up taking at 67?
0: I'm going to say high school kid.
1: I, I couldn't tell you what position. Yeah, I'm thinking they go with, not saying like Cam Johnson, but someone in that vein. I honestly thought they would have taken him or someone like that at 42 at that stage, but we'll see. But, all right, well, thank you all for listening. Uh, Continue listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever else podcasts are found. Make sure to subscribe so you get notified when we drop our new episodes from all of us here at the 412 Double Play Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and let's go Bucks!
0: Let's go, Bucks.